Welcome to Radio Naturopath, the talk show about health and natural medicine. It's Monday, December 19th, 2022, on Facebook Live to be broadcast on Wednesday, December 21st, 2022, on 91.7 FM WHUS Stores. I am Fran Storch ND, naturopathic physician, with my co host Ron Manizza. We're coming to you live from beautiful Mansfield Hollow, Connecticut. Comment below to let me know you're here and ask questions. You can also email me at radionaturopath at gmail.com. If you'd like to listen to this show at another time, you can check out our podcast at whus.org, iTunes, and Spotify. You can also check out my Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram at FranStorchND. The views expressed on this program do not reflect the views of the staff, management, or licensee of this station. The information presented on the show should not be construed as medical advice or direction. If you're having a medical condition, please consult with your physician. Happy Hanukkah, everyone! If you're listening live, it's the first full day of Hanukkah. If you're listening on WHUS, we're partway in. Hanukkah is a fun little celebration of the coming of the light. Most cultures in the world have solstice and equinox festivals, and Hanukkah is the Jewish solstice celebration. The history is that the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed by the forces of King Antiochus in the 2nd century BCE. And you know that we say BCE, not BC. You know why? Why? Well, because BC means before Christ. Okay. We're Jewish. We're not into Christ. I thought it was before COVID. I had, to, that. I had to go there. You had to go there. Uh, BCE means before the common era. So the common era okay. starts with, you know, zero or one CE. We don't say, so do you know what AD means? One or two AD, you know what that means? After death? No, I know. Everybody that's thinks that. Everybody I used thinks. to think that, but that's not no. what it is. What does it mean? Anno Domini. Which means? In the year of our Lord. Oh, okay. Yes. I used to think that too, that it was after death, but it's not. It's the because Jesus lived until like, I actually don't know. I thought he lived until like 33 CE. So he lived in the first century. Okay. Anyway, so um, I, I think I think that's right. Um, I, I'm assuming that zero CE is when Jesus was born, but I actually I, I don't, don't know that. No one really knows, I think. I think, right, they don't know the precisely when right. he was born. Right, right. exactly. But, so they sort of work around it. Okay. Well, anyway, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed by the forces of King Antiochus in the 2nd century BCE, which makes Hanukkah a relatively new holiday. What led by the sons of Matisyahu, Judah and his brothers and their followers, the Maccabees, took back the temple in Jerusalem. Maccabee means hammer in Hebrew. It's also an acronym for a a prayer that we say pretty much every service. Mi kamocha boilim Hashem. Who is like you, O Lord? I'm 59. All right. I am 59 years old. I've been saying mi kamocha since um, I knew how to say it when I was like five or six. Really? My whole life. Mi kamocha boilim Hashem. Mi kamocha boilim Hashem. Mi kamocha boilim HaKodesh. No ratihilo. No I've been saying that forever and ever. Did not know. Learned about Judah Maccabee when I was probably five or six or four. I don't know. All right. Never knew that Maccabee, in addition to meaning, they, they always taught us about how the Maccabees were the hammers, but they never told us about the Mikamocha part. And I learned that this year. Can you even believe it? And it seems so obvious, right? It's one of those things like, why didn't I think of that? Could have had a V8. Okay. So if your name is Michael or Michaela, you're an automatic Maccabee because your name means who is like God. 
the same from the same root, Michael, Michaela, same thing. Um, and so, and if you're you've got any version of that, Misha, anything like that, uh, you've got that Mikamocha thing going on. So, um, so you can have extra fun at Hanukkah. After fending off the Syrians, the temple needed to be rededicated, and that's what the Hanukkah, that's what Hanukkah means, rededication. Part of the rededication involved relighting the sacred menorah. The gold one had been destroyed, so they had to get an inexpensive one at Big Yud. You, you know, Yud Gadol, the forerunner market of our local Big Y. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> they had to make another one out of inexpensive metal. And you can get inexpensive, inexpensive metals ones at the local Big Yud. I'm very impressed with Big Yud. Because the big yud. The big yud. The big yud. Yeah, well, yud is the it's oh. the equivalent of y in Hebrew. How do you think they feel about that? I don't. I also call. <laughs> I've been known to call it the big yud, and I've also been known to call it the big igriega. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. So, yeah, big igriega, of course, is um, Greek e, in which is what y is called in Spanish. Now you know. All right. So. The big Igriega is pretty good about stocking Jewish stuff. Like they have Yorzai candles and they have Hanukkah candles and they have menorahs. Not only that, I was walking around Big Y last Wednesday and it came over the speaker. You know how sometimes they advertise stuff they have in the store over the speaker when you're walking around Big Y? Okay. Yeah, they do that. Yeah. So um, the the came over the speaker. Happy Hanukkah, everyone. I'm like, Thanks. And they, they went on to say how they had menorahs and um gel and cookies and all kinds of stuff and that you should check it out. And I was very impressed. I'm like, I feel seen. And then I proceeded to buy, uh, to run around and buy um, stockings. Whoop, never mind. Uh, <laughs> nope, I'm not hearing it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. Yes. It's okay. So what happened was, um, after the Syrians trashed the temple, they found only enough oil to light the menorah for a day, and it took eight days to go out to the countryside to get more oil. And by a miracle, while they were out getting the oil, the menorah stayed lit for all eight days. It's crazy. Yeah. So how do we celebrate? This is the classic Jewish holiday joke. They hated us. They tried to kill us. We won. We won. Let's eat. Yeah. Actually, go. only Perm and Passover also fit this model, but those are fun holidays. So there are other holidays that really don't fit that model. Perm and Passover definitely do. They hated us. They tried to kill us. We won. Let's eat. That definitely Perm and Passover. But um, and then of course Hanukkah. Uh, there are other fun holidays that are basically God is great. Let's eat like Sukkot, Shavuot, and Tubi Shabbat. There, there's no killing involved. It's just let God's great. Let's eat. Um, there's always eating except for Yom Kippur. That's not even true about Yom Kippur because before, before Yom Kippur, what do you do? You eat. And what do you do at the end of Yom Kippur? You eat. You don't eat during Yom Kippur, but on either end of it, you eat a lot of food. It's pretty, and you, you hang out. always eat. Yes. Eating is good. Yeah. Um, so, um, so there are other fun holidays, um, as well. And then there are just the plain solemn ones like Yom Kippur, Tisha B'Av, and Yom HaShoah. And so Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement, and that's pretty solemn, but on either end of it, like I said, you eat. Um, Tisha B'Av is um, the Fast of Av, and then Yom HaShoah is the observance of the Holocaust. That's a relatively modern holiday since the Holocaust. Shoah is the fire Holocaust. Um, and, um, and and so then there's Yom HaAtzma'ut, which is um, we have Israel, let's party and eat. 
So that's that's Jewish Independence Day. So we light candles to commemorate the miracle of the oil on Hanukkah. We give guilt for fun. We give presents because of Madison Avenue. Did you know that the whole thing about giving presents on Hanukkah wasn't as big a deal until Madison Avenue became a thing and giving presents on Christmas became a big deal. So the Jews wanted a holiday too. Let me too, guess. So. Macy's, Kimball's. Gimbals. Gimbals. Excuse yes. me. Gimbals. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that hmm. so they encouraged people to give presents on Hanukkah, not just gelt, which gelt means money. Uh, and I have something really funny to tell you um, that I gave, I sent a package of um, little gifts and um, Hanukkah gelt, that chocolate coins. It's so, Frequently, you give chocolate money to your to kids too, uh, and so I found chocolate. Wait for it, chocolate Bitcoin. Oh no! I did. Please no. I so is, cho- is chocolate Bitcoin worth more than Bitcoin? Probably. Probably now, point. right? Yeah, yeah. I think so <laughs> the other thing that was wrong about the bit the chocolate Bitcoin is that it it, it existed. It was real. Well, that's definitely it. Was not it. virtual, yeah, right? It was. It was not virtual chocolate. It was like actual chocolate coins. So I don't know if that's that's right for right. For, and if it's virtual, then it's Bitcoin. But if it's not right, right, I got you. Yeah. So so I sent them actual chocolate. So so <sighs> I think that exists in some kind of a time space paradox. Yeah. So uh, all right. So. Uh, so we give gelt for fun. We give presents because of Madison Avenue, and we eat oily stuff. In the Ashkenazic tradition, which is Eastern European, which is what I am, you know, people who say oive and, you know, speak Yiddish and are from Eastern Europe are Ashkenazic from Eastern Europe. Um, And the tradition is that we eat latkes, which are delicious potato pancakes fried in oil or air fried in in our case, usually topped with sour cream and or applesauce. Of course, you can do all kinds of cool stuff to them. You can get foodie about latkes. So there are sweet potato latkes, waffle style, with pear compote, with smoked salmon. In Western Europe, the tradition is to eat soufganyot, which are little jelly donuts. But uh, who wouldn't like those? So everyone has started to make those too. I mean, lots of people who are Ashkenazic are making soufganyot too, because why wouldn't you want to eat those? Uh, and then you get to play dreidel, the little spinning top that's coated mm-hmm. on four sides with nun, gimel, hay, and shin, uh, but outside of Israel. Instead of shin, it's pei, uh, because it stands for neis gadol hayasham, or neis gadol hayapo, uh, which means a great miracle happened there, which is sham, or if you're in Israel, a great miracle happened here. Uh, and you gamble. You can use real money or candies or whatever you want. Neis, you get nothing. Gadol, you take one out of the pot. Haya, you take the whole pot. Sham or po, you lose a turn. Great way to spend eight nights at the darkest time of year. It's fun. It's just fun. And you can sing and dance, and there are a few Hanukkah songs out there. Thank you to Adam Sandler and um, and the Bare Naked Ladies. And, you know, the traditional Hanukkah, Hanukkah, come light the menorah. And then, oh, dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. There's some fun stuff that happens. Mm. So in the in the theme of the solstice, I decided to talk about dark and light. During this dark time of year, it's perfectly fine to sleep more. I always notice I don't feel like doing much uh, and I feel like lying about more. I remember back to June when I was energized to get lots done. Now I relish my cozy bed, my books, my hot beverages. So I wanted to give you a review for healthy sleep. Before I do that, I'm going to hydrate, which you should do too. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So um, here's your sleep review. 
All right. So the first thing is avoid screens at least one hour for before bed, such as TV, cell phones, <laughs> tablets, and video games. Now we're fortunate in that that doesn't seem to bother us too much. We uh, well, the only thing I would say that the screens do is that they put us to sleep. It, well, it makes <laughs> they do well. We do tend to fall asleep in front of the screen, but also. Um, uh, also, we um, I, I would say that watching the screen keeps me up later, that I'm likely to keep watching, that I would I would go to sleep earlier if I wasn't watching a screen. The other thing is that we have the, the, we do a bad thing and that we have the screen in the bedroom, which we really shouldn't have. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah, because when I'm at my mother's house, when I start passing out in front of the TV in the living room, I say, all right, Mom, I'm done. I'm going to bed. Um, and, and she falls asleep in front of the TV in the living room, too. And, and so then I'm like, all right, we got to go. Uh, but anyway, if you are, uh, screens are very hard on your nervous system and it, excessive use of screens is very stimulating to your nervous system and in many ways in that it's just a stimulating activity for your brain, but also because your eyes are looking at those pixels, trying to approximate the picture from the pixels, it's hard on your brain. Um, to help you, to have you do that. So uh, putting the screens away at least an hour before bed is a great thing. If you read uh, a paper book, that can be a better thing to do. If you can meditate. Now, the thing is, if you meditate, you might just fall asleep, which means you could just go to sleep, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, meditate, doing gentle yoga, dental stretching before bed. Um, there's a lot of things you can do that are just very calming and relaxing. Having a cup of herbal tea, as long as it doesn't wake you up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom too much. Um, but people tend to play, and I have patients who say to me that they keep themselves up too late, um, looking at TV or playing video games. That's the other one because video games kind of suck you in. Mm -hmm. Um, so while you're having the issue with sleep, it's a good idea to avoid caffeine even in the morning. And I have patients say to me, uh, I'm saying how much they come in. I can't sleep. All right. How much caffeine are you drinking? Well, I have a cup in the morning and I'm like, all right. Does it make sense to you if you're having trouble going to sleep? You're telling me you're having trouble going to sleep. Does it make sense that you're ingesting a substance that keeps you awake? But it's in the morning. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Um, if you are having trouble sleeping, you you want to take out... Uh, in naturopathic medicine, one of our, um, our biggest um, principles is removing obstacles to cure. And anything that gets in the way of your goal is going to be... Um, is going to be getting the way of your goal. So if you're ingesting a substance that keeps you awake and you're telling me you want to go to sleep, does that make any sense? Does that make sense to you? If you're having yeah. insomnia, should you drink coffee? doesn't make sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I should probably stay away from anything with caffeine. Chocolate, right. coffee, Absolutely. Tea. Anything that's a stimulant. Right. Because your goal is that you want to get to sleep. Right. So I mean, um, that makes sense. So the next thing is make sure to get some exercise, especially out in the cold. Now, if you so let's getting back to the caffeine for a second. Now, if you get to a place where you're getting back to sleep and then you want to try adding some caffeine, you can have caffeine as long as you can get to sleep and you have good sleep. I mean, if I have a little bit of caffeine during the day, um, I can sleep. If I don't get a lot of activity and I have too much caffeine, it's going to affect my sleep. So you have to dial in. I'm not saying nobody should ever consume caffeine. I don't feel that way. I, I have a little bit of caffeine. And I have to vary my caffeine based on how much activity I've gotten and how stressed I am. Um, if I'm very stressed, it's better for me to have less caffeine, especially, of course, uh, later in the day. Uh, and, you know, if you can sleep, great. 
with whatever caffeine amount you're doing, that's fabulous. If you can drink a cup of coffee and go to sleep, then don't worry about it. But if you're telling me that you are having trouble sleeping and you're consuming any caffeine, it doesn't make sense. And then, you know, get yourself to your good habits. And, and if you tweak all of your other healthy habits, like not eating too much before, I'm going to go through a bunch of other things. But if you've tweaked your other healthy habits and you're like, I really miss my coffee because I love the taste of it. It wakes me up. It makes me feel good. Uh, likewise, your tea or whatever caffeinated beverage you're drinking. Um, then you can try it again and see what happens. These are no, these are not hard and fast rules. These we're just trying to do things that make sense for you. Um, the other thing to help you sleep is to get some exercise. I have so many people who don't prioritize exercise and, uh, you know, if you get exercise, especially out in the cold, even just going for a walk in the earlier part of the day, and you can do simple things like park far from your office. Also consider taking the stairs. If there are stairs to get to your office, um, yard work is great too. Walking in your yard or neighborhood and the trails. If you're working from home and you know, you don't have as much reason to go outside, just put on your slippers and walk around your yard. Being out in the cold is going to make you more likely to sleep well. If you get a good walk in the cold, um, even if it's just 20 minutes, it's going to help you with your sleep. Getting any kind of exercise can be helpful. And so people tell me, oh, I just haven't prioritized it. I'm so busy. I'm so stressed. And so I'll remind you again about exercise snacks. And that term, exercise snacks, I did not make that up. I'm not sure who made it up. It's a lovely term. It's very useful because I've had several patients that I've used the term with and presented it to them. And they came back and told me that was a great term and they were, they're doing it. What's an exercise snack? Uh, exercise snack is simply um, you're, you take a five minute break and you do some squats. You take a, a five minute break and you do some stretches. You take a 10 minute break and you walk around your yard. Um, and you can do a few of those through the day before you know it, you've gotten 20 minutes to 30 minutes in. Um, and so when I, I tell people, don't feel like you have to make, set aside, um, 30 minutes to do your exercise all at once, uh, that you can do activity throughout the day. Hunter gatherers didn't think about whether they exercised. I mean, when you want to figure out what's What's what did people do to keep themselves healthy? Think about what the hunter gatherers did. They didn't um, they didn't go to the gym. They and they didn't uh, they ran when they needed to because they had to run away from something that was chasing them, another person or um, an animal, um, or they uh, or they uh, otherwise they walked for transportation, mm. and that's what they did. And then they you know they cut things, they cut plants down, they dug, you know they did basic physical activity, like functional, practical activity throughout the day, like what Ron does um, when, mm. when he's working around the house. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you're that. doing handy things, that, that counts. Um, and so for people who come in or they're like, well, I'm not getting formal exercise. And I ask them how they spend their time. And then it turns out when they're at work, they work in a warehouse and they're working many steps per day. I say, okay, um, do you have a cell phone? Most people, it's rare that I have somebody who doesn't have a cell phone. Um, so if they have, I say, if you have a cell phone, if you have an Apple um, product, you have um, Apple Health on your phone, and get it. Just get into your app and set up the set the app up, and it will count your steps for you in the background. If you have an Android. You can use uh, Google Health. Google Health will also count your steps for you. You can also download free pedometer apps 
Um, I happen to like Pacer Pedometer, but there's numerous other ones. And there's many fitness apps that will record your steps for you. If you have a Fitbit, that'll record your steps for you. If you Well, if you're wearing your watch, it records your steps for you, right? Um, if I ask it to, yes. Yes, but, but have you asked it to? Um, I, my phone will do it on its own if it's, my, my phone's in the pocket. Right, but, so you have to carry your phone. But you I have mean, to kind of program you, it. You yeah. should ask your phone to do it for you. But anyway, yeah. if you have yeah. a, if you have a smart watch, right, whether it's, um, Apple or Android, you can get, the, the watch will, will count steps for you and your phone will count steps for you. And you can do that every day if you want to, and you don't have to, but get an idea of how many steps you're taking. And if you're taking at least 4,500 steps a day, you're good. That, that's that's a good amount of exercise. Um, and if you're not, you can add in a few exercise snacks so you get your steps in. And if it's freezing cold or rainy or yucky, like it's going to be at the end of the week this week, do it inside. You know, you if you lift up your phone, if your phone lifts up, if you attach it to your hip and you lift up your um, your feet and you walk in place, you're going to get your steps in. You know, so if you have to do that, you know, watch a, watch a Christmas movie. Or another funny thing to do. So here, here's something. <laughs> this is a great, here, I just had a great idea of a way to get uh -oh. some exercise. All right. So when I'm working around the house at the, at the holiday season, if I'm cleaning or if I'm wrapping presents, um, or, you know, if I'm doing activities, I'll throw on a silly Hallmark Christmas movie. They're really cheesy. They're usually uplifting. They all have happy endings. Some of them are really fanciful. Um, some of them are silly and some of them are, some of them are, are draggy. And then I, I can't watch them because they're too draggy. Um, but they're good to have on because you can stop and start them. And, um, I don't care if I miss five minutes here and there. It's not like, um, like watching Wednesday where I want to see every second of it. Uh, you know, it's, mm. it's just something to have on in the background. One of the things, and I, I don't know why I never thought about this before. And I'm sure people are going to laugh at me going, you never noticed that before. How many times in one of those Hallmark Christmas movies or Lifetime Christmas oh. movies, they say the word Christmas. Uh, and I wonder if there's a drinking game. I didn't. I haven't looked this up. Can you look this up? Look uh, find up. out if there's a, a drinking game for how many times they say Christmas in one of those Hallmark movies. <laughs> and um, because you would be sloshed in 15 minutes. They say Christmas so many times. So what I thought was, how about... Um, Instead of drinking, which isn't really good for you, watch a Christmas movie, put on some comfortable workout clothes, and every time they say the word Christmas, and have some have some a water bottle by you, what and it can have electrolytes in it if you need it, or just plain water, have a water bottle nearby. Every time they say Christmas, you do five reps of something, all right? And if you need a list, have it next to you. Um you can have like a list of 10, 10 exercises, so, five jumping jacks, five push-ups, five sit-ups, five burpees, five squats, five lunges. Isn't that a cool idea? Okay. So anyway, yes. Um, yes, there are drinking games. For Christmas movies. Okay. Ready? Yes. Ready? Yes. Take a drink when a character's name is related to a Christmas. Holly, Nick, Chris, etc. Noel! I've seen two right. movies in the last couple of weeks where the chick's name was Noel. 
Take a drink when someone drinks hot chocolate, cider, or eggnog. Oh, that too. Hot cocoa. It's And it's not right, hot chocolate. Right, it's hot cocoa. Right, hot cocoa. Yeah. Uh, take a drink when someone disses fake Christmas trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that happens. It's not as frequent, but I've seen it. Uh, there's mistletoe. Okay, that that's maybe once or twice in the in the right. movie, but yeah. A newcomer partakes in an old family town tradition. Oh jeez, that Everyone. is that's every movie. <laughs> <laughs> you see an ugly sweater or tie. Oh jeez, yeah. Someone gets snowed in. Uh huh. Yeah, not every time, but yeah. A big city person is transplanted into a small town. Isn't that all of them? Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> a magical deal is made with Santa or an angel. That's right. Or uh, and what if it's um, like I saw Christmas Mail, and Christmas Mail featured the character Christy North, and Christy North was Santa Claus's daughter, and she handwrites responses to all the children who write to Santa Claus. Mm. But wait, there's more. Oh yeah. All right, Jingle Bells is played. Oh. <laughs> uh, the Christmas cynic is filled with holiday spirit. Oh, well, that's a big drink at the end. Yeah, right. That's finish your drink when, is what it says. Finish your drink when it starts snowing on Christmas. Oh. Okay, and then you take a shot when you spot Candace, Cameron Burr, Lacey Chabert. Lacey Chabert, yes. Chabert, or Danica McKellar. Danica McKellar? Yes. Who's Danica McKellar? I don't know. How do you not know who Danica McKellar is? I, I don't know these people like you do. You love her. Okay. I'm so surprised you don't know her name. Danica McKellar is Winnie. Oh, that's Winnie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I never pay. I, I always know her as Winnie. Who's Fred Savage? Well, that's 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 obvious. But you loved Winnie. Right. Everyone loved Winnie. But you didn't know it was Danica McKellar. No. It was Winnie. <laughs> Let me see that list of names. Uh, I want to read them again. It's yeah. Let me see the list Candace of names. Cameron Candace Cameron. Candace Cameron. Uh, can't. Yeah, Candace Cameron Bure. I saw a movie. I just saw a movie with her. Lacey Chabert. Yeah. Can I haven't seen one with her this year? But I was one year. I'm like I saw three or four different movies with Lacey Chabert. And uh, Dan McKellar, I haven't seen him with Danica McKellar, but you also okay. you have to take a shot when the when when the main characters fall in love. Yeah, but that that's that's a given. That's everyone. Yeah, I know. That's every one of them. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I saw. I that's saw. I one of the things that I was refreshed by was I saw two movies. I can't remember if they were both. One of them was a Hallmark movie. It was a Hallmark movie that um, it was a gay couple. It was two men. That fell in love. And it was celebrated. It, the fact that they were gay was not a big deal. They just happened to be gay. And they had two families that absolutely loved them. And they lived, their families lived near each other in the same townhome complex. And when they kissed at the end, both sets of families clapped. <laughs> and they were all happy that they finally realized that they were right for each other and kissed and stuff. And it was really heartwarming. Just happened to be two guys. It was great. Um, and I saw two movies, um, and I can't remember if the second one was a Hallmark movie, where um, two two gay men lived happily ever after. It's very sweet. Um, what I haven't seen is two women living happily ever after. Um, and then the other thing is there is a Hanukkah Hallmark movie, and I really want to see it. Okay. Yeah, it was on there last night, and I have to figure out if you can stream it 
or if it's going to be on at another time, it's called Hanukkah and Rye. So I have to I have to watch that and see, see what they do with Hanukkah. All right. The other magic word besides Christmas is tradition. Oh. Oh, totally. How many times do they say tradition? <laughs> oh, for sure. So do you know, so Hanukkah and Rye. So anyway, if you guys don't know, Fran is like just infatuated with the uh, Christmas movie scene that happens this time of year. It's fun. Which I find very amusing. The movies are. Because you're Jewish. Well, the the movies, right. But you're Jewish. It wasn't how I grew up. It's true. So it's it's interesting. I'm peeking in from the outside. It's just funny. That's all. But also, um, the the funny thing is um, the, the Hanukkah and Rye. Guess what it's about? It's about a matchmaker. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> so the two main characters fall in love. Well, geez. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, not geez, because it's Hanukkah. Right. No, geez is G-E-E-Z. Yeah, what do you think geez is short for? No, that's that's different. That's it is? Different. No, it's not different. Yeah. If you if you want to be Jewish about it, say Josh. Or G. Willikers. You know that you know that Jesus' name was really Josh? It was okay. Yehoshua, and then Jesus is a Latinification of, of Yehoshua. Jesus, right. Hey, Jesus is Spanish. Right. Yeah, but Jesus is the Spanish pronunciation of the Latinification, which comes from Yehoshua. Okay. All right, now you know. All right, so where were we? We were trying to get you to sleep. Um, <laughs> so watch a Hallmark movie that'll put you to sleep <laughs> sometimes it will that's true it's, if the Hallmark movie is boring it will put you to sleep mm. I saw a really cute one it was Wonder Wonderbrook and um, they and in Wonderbrook it was based on a book and all these different people who needed healing would come to Wonderbrook and get their stuff sorted out and and so it was, it was very touching Um Anyway, so there's there's places like that. Well, there's a magical fairyland piece to that, right? Okay. Yeah. So. Guess um, so. Yeah. So our point. So where we got where we came from this is um the way to get exercise this time of year is to watch a Christmas movie and every time they say Christmas, um do um do five reps of something and have a list of exercises that you're going to do. So maybe that would be something fun to put out the Christmas challenge. Um, and, uh, every, every time they say, you know, Christmas or tradition, I can look up the, the different words that they say a lot and, and it'd be a cute Christmas challenge. Mm. All right. So, um, so anyway, that's, that's a way to get some exercise, a fun way to get exercise. And you could play that with your family or, or you could play it on Christmas, um, to get some exercise to work off all of the treats that you've been eating, you know, so, um, all right. And so yard work is great for exercise too. walking in your yard, your neighborhood, local trails. Um, if you live in a city, walking, walking in safe places in the city, finding parks in the city where you can get exercise. Um, but getting exercise will help you sleep. All right. Doing a meditative practice close to bedtime. Consider doing guided med- meditation. You can use the Calm or Headspace apps, or you may find something on YouTube. Yoga Nidra is great. You can do any amount of time that you like. You can start with five to 10 minutes and do more if you like it. 30 minutes of Yoga Nidra is supposedly equivalent to two to four hours of sleep. So so the, so if you do half an hour of Yoga Nidra, even if you can't sleep, it's supposedly like you got two to four hours of sleep. But if you do Yoga Nidra, you're probably going to sleep better. 
don't feel like you have to carve out 30 minutes. I want to emphasize that, that five to 10 minutes of exercise, five to 10 minutes of a restorative activity is going to help you. And because a lot of people just, the, the stress of carving out that 30 minutes makes them not do it. So I'm here to tell you five to 10 minutes is great. And if you do it, you should pat yourself on the back. You might want to log it so you can see your progress. And if you log it on a fitness app, you're going to see it add up at, by the end of the day. And it's really great. Um, all right. So you can also try beginner restorative yoga on YouTube or yin yoga or jigang. Those are all restorative calming practices that can, are going to help you sleep better. You can drink herbal tea, anything calming, linden, chamomile, lavender, oat straw. You can get um, brands of herbal teas like Nighty Night or Bedtime or Relaxed Mind. Um, I happen to like, I, I drink Tulsi tea pretty much every night. Um, so Tulsi, Tulsi is holy basil. So it is um, in the same genus as basil. It's Basilica, os, um, Basilica, actually, I, I don't remember what the, what the species name of holy basil is. Um, but anyway, it's, um, it's the same genus as, as, as um, culinary basil. And they're both mints. They're in the Lamiaceae family. And they're lovely and calming, and um, they're very common. Common, they're very easy to find. Um, you can find them in the health food section of any supermarket, pretty much, and you can find them in certainly in any health food store. And they come plain. Tulsi comes plain, or it comes in all kinds of flavors. It comes in Tulsi for sleep, which is going to um, have herbs in it that help you sleep, uh, as well as the Tulsi. You know, things like chamomile and lavender and stuff like that. And then the um, Tulsi comes with ashwagandha, it comes with um, hibiscus, it comes with rose, it comes with uh, even green tea, which I, I, I don't know, I probably wouldn't get it because it kind of defeats the purpose. Um, although green tea does have theanine in it, which is calming, but green tea also has caffeine in it, even though it's not as much caffeine as coffee and it does have the theanine, it's still uh, not a good idea if you're trying to get to sleep. Uh, but Tulsi tea is very easy to find anywhere and you can have it, you can have it hot or cold. I tend to drink it cold because I take my supplements with it at night. So I, and I take a glass jar and I put a couple of tea bags in a 16 ounce glass jar, put a couple of tea bags in it. It sits in the fridge. I let it steep for a day and then I pull out the tea bags and I drink it. And, um, I go through a lot of Tulsi tea. I've been drinking a lot of Tulsi tea. Notice that? No, I hadn't yeah. noticed it. Okay. But, I, but you see me you drink a lot of tea. You see, with my supplements, I'm drinking tea, and usually mm. it's Tulsi. And I also have um, just a, a nice flavored herbal tea going too. And I have a couple that I'm going through. I have a, a, rooibo, a blood orange rooibos that I found, which is really great. So rooibos tea is really wonderful. It's not particularly calming, but it's not doesn't have caffeine in it. Um, it's supposed it's a bit energizing, but it's not. It doesn't rev you up. Um, but it has wonderful antioxidant, uh, antioxidants in it, so it's very good. So if you get um, rooibos tea with blood orange in it, you're going to get a big hit of antioxidants. I also have moringa tea that has peach in it. It's very nice. And moringa is a wonderful antioxidant as well. Uh, not necessarily particularly calming. You know, some of these herbs are definitely have calming compounds in them, and some herbs are more neutral in that sense, but, um, but they're very helpful herbs. Um, avoid sweets and starches and too much alcohol close to bedtime, uh, especially chocolate, which has caffeine in it, has, has methylxanthines in it. It's going to wake you up. 
Um, and sweets and starches are going to raise your blood sugar too much, and then you're going to have swings in blood sugar, which are going to affect your adrenal hormones, and that may make it so you can't sleep as well. Um, make sure the room is adequately dark and cool or warm, depending on what you need. Make sure your bed is a good temperature for you, whether warm or cool. And there are some studies that show that the best um, pajamas to wear, to, you know what the best pajamas to wear to bed are? I don't wear any at all. Exactly. Well, you do wear clothes to bed. I wear shorts. Yes, you wear, yeah, except that lately you've been wearing t-shirts. Depends on how cold it is. That's right. Yeah. But um, the best, um, I know you're not wearing pajamas, but you are wearing a pair of shorts. You yeah. know what the best pajamas to wear to bed are? Flannel? No. No. Absolutely not. Or nothing at all. That's it. Right. Yes. There's studies on that, that um, sleeping in nothing is the best, that you're better off layering on blankets and wearing nothing yeah. than wearing pajamas. I like that idea. Um, and, you know, I, as getting into my menopause, I definitely sleep warmer. I tend to be warmer. So I'm finding that I, I have all these lovely fuzzy pants that I bought when I was in my 40s because I'm in New England and I don't wear them a lot now. And I find that even in the winter, I can wear a short sleeve nighty, and I'm very comfortable. It's very nice to be cozy in my short sleeve nighty, but be in the flannel sheets. So we finally did the flannel sheets the last couple of um, sheet changes. Mm. Only the last two, right? We finally went to because yeah, we, they're wonderful. We were doing bam, we were doing bamboo mm. for you know most of the year we do bamboo because bamboo is very absorbent. Um, but now we're now it's flannel time because it. When it gets into the 20s, it's going to be in the 20s this weekend. Um, so it's going to be cold. So we're going to want to be a little bit warmer. Um, and flannel sheets um, keep the keep the cold air from coming up from underneath the bed. That's I, I always said, I said that. I remember talking about this with my dear friend Kite back in, uh, back in Oregon. And I said to him, why does it make sense to use flannel sheets? They're underneath you. How do they make you warmer? And he said, because they cover the, the mattress and air can come up from underneath the mattress and make you cold and they help to keep that down. I said, oh, that makes sense. Of course, we use a flat sheet too. And, you know, when you use a flat sheet, um, the flat sheet's going to help keep you warm as well and keeps keeps a layer between you and the, the comforter so you don't have to clean the comforter all the time. Um, the other thing I'm going to say is keep your bedding clean because if you don't keep your bedding clean you're going to have more dust and mold in your bedding and the dust and mold you're going to breathe it in and it's going to give you um, allergies and it's going to make it harder for you to breathe so every so often take some time and throw the comfort not just the sheets and the pillowcases but throw the comforter in the wash and if you have any blankets on top of that throw them in um, you know I'm, I'm gradually getting all the bedding into the wash this weekend I had a couple of um, the, the comforter went in and I think we need to do your your blue blanket on wednesday okay. yeah so um so make sure you're you're laundering your bedding and and you can when you launder your bedding you can put essential oils in the bedding you can put lavender in the bedding uh, put it in the wash so your bedding smells a little bit like lavender you can spray your bedding with lavender essential oil um, you can get a nice just a, a spray bottle of water and put a bunch of drops of lavender to to your um to your preference depending on the size of the bottle um start with 10 drops and spray and see what you think i like to spray lavender and rose i find those very uh, they smell really nice and they're really relaxing 
Um, and so sometimes I'll spray. Um, I like to spray those before doing yoga in my bedroom and then also on my, on my bedding. Um, so, um, so make sure the room is at, at a good temperature for you. Um, and then there are supplements to try. There's L-theanine. L-theanine is an amino acid that is in green tea and you take it extracted from the green tea so you don't have the caffeine in the green tea. I love theanine and some people find it works really well for them. I had a, a young woman who was a slender young woman who I was giving her a uh, hundred milligrams and she found that it was too strong for her, that it was zoning her out. So we, I was very happy. We found 25 milligram melts for her. And so she can dial in because they're melts. Not only can she get a lower dose and, and play with the dose so till it works for her because it's a tablet, she can cut it up and dial in her dose very precisely. And because it's a melt, she puts it under her tongue, goes right up, very calming right away. I have some chewables at my office that I like. Uh, but so theanine is very benign. You can give it to children um, and it's lovely and calming and it doesn't cause dependence. Um, and it's what makes it so that when you drink a cup of tea of, you know, from the tea plant, not, not herbal, even though tea, black and green and white tea are herbs, um, the, the tea plant is, um, the, the tea, when I'm talking about drinking tea, I mean the, the Camellia sinensis, the one with the caffeine in it, um, which is black, green, and herbal tea are all Camellia sinensis. Uh, they, even though it has caffeine in it, it doesn't rev you up quite as much as coffee because there's theanine in it. There's a calming um, amino acid that helps to um, bring down, the, that helps to mitigate the effects of the caffeine. So it's very nice. Then there's GABA, gamma amino butyric acid, which is an inhibitory amino, uh, neurotransmitter. And some people find that useful. Uh, and you can take plain GABA, which doesn't tend to cross the blood-brain barrier, or you can take pharmagaba, which does. And so with pharmagaba, you can take lower doses of it. And um, with uh, so GABA, uh, people take GABA, and I have people who take GABA, and they swear by it. They find it really good. Uh, then there's melatonin. Melatonin, you don't necessarily want to take. Uh, if you if you take melatonin and you feel good, and it helps you to sleep and you wake rested, that's great. If you take melatonin and you get weird dreams, you probably didn't need the melatonin. Melatonin is um, uh, melatonin is a hormone that's made by the pineal gland in your brain and it helps to control your circadian cycle. And um, melatonin is, is not for everybody. I'm, I'm nervous to take it because, well, I don't really have trouble sleeping. And so I'm figuring my melatonin um, production is pretty good. And so if you, you would only take melatonin if you are low in melatonin. And if you do get weird dreams when you take melatonin, you probably didn't need the melatonin. Uh, magnesium, people often don't get enough magnesium in their diet. Um, and magnesium is, um, magnesium is a calming mineral. You need it to calm, to, it's a membrane um, stabilizer. It helps to make it so you don't have as high action potentials in your nerves and it helps to calm your muscles. You'll be less likely to make get muscle cramps and it helps you to relax more. And people don't tend to get enough of it because a lot of magnesium is found in leafy greens and people aren't always good about eating their leafy greens. And if you're eating too much starch and sugar, you're going to chew through your magnesium because you need magnesium to, um, 
to help your sugar metabolism, your sugar and starch metabolism. So you tend to, to go through it faster. So especially if people are stressed and they're not exactly eating right, I love to give them magnesium and, and it seems to be really helpful. Uh, then there are nerving herbs such as ashwagandha, lemon balm, linden, passion flower, oat straw, valerian, and then magnolia and phosphorylated serine are good for calming cortisol. And then all the rest of them are good for calming your herbs. And you can take those in tonics. I have a, a tonic, a vinegar tonic that has a bunch of, that has like chamomile and lavender and um, oat straw in it and, and somebody that somebody gave me. And that that's very nice. Vinegar tonics are very nice this time of year. Um, this time of year, I like to have fire cider. Fire cider is where you have um, vinegar that often has onions and garlic and cayenne and turmeric and sometimes honey and orange and lemon. Um, and it's a wonderful tonic, a wonderful immune tonic for this time of year, disinfecting tonic. But um, for calming, all of those herbs are great. Ashwagandha, lemon balm, linden, passionflower, oatstra. And you can take them in tinctures where they're extracted in alcohol. You can take them straight and then chase them with water. You can put them into water. You can drink them as teas, which is a really great way to go because sitting with a hot cup of tea is a really great thing to do. A hot cup of anything this time of year is really nice. Um, and those can be drunk any time of day. Uh, be careful if it tends to wake you up to go to the bathroom. Um, if you drink it too close to bedtime. Um, all right. So let's see, we have good 15 minutes left. I want to talk about dark, some fun things around dark and light. I think we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to seasonal affective disorder in a bit, but, um, now I want to talk about just about the dark and the light because we are approaching the solstice. The solstice is this Wednesday. And if you're listening on WHUS, you are listening on the solstice. So we have two more days before the solstice. The days are getting shorter and shorter. And then we're going to have this real short day on Wednesday. And then the days are going to start getting longer. We already are gaining more minutes at the end of the day, even, even as we're losing minutes in the morning. And we will continue to lose minutes in the morning until the beginning of the year. But mm. we're going to keep gaining minutes at the end of the day. So you might feel like doing more stuff later in the day as the month progresses. All right. So let's talk about why natural light is good for you. Did you know that natural light is good for you? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a big D-U-H, isn't it? Yeah. Um, kind of, sort of. So why... So. Getting outside, um, getting outside to get natural light. Um, so natural, there's so many ways that natural light is good for you. Um, and most of us would like to have, um, would like to be outside. There was a survey by the Harvard Business Review confirming that natural light means a lot to the average person. And there were um, six over 1,600 employees in this study that ranked access to natural light and views of the outdoors as the number one desire for a workplace environment. And that came over and above perks like fitness centers and on-site childcare. Hmm. They wanted a window where they could see the outside more than they wanted fitness and childcare. Because you could get fitness and childcare other ways, but um, when you're actually working, there's something comforting about being able to see outside. I have to keep my shades drawn when I'm working be for privacy. But I have shades that let the light in, but you can't see what's going on outside. But then once the patients aren't there, I open the shades so I can see outside, even though I'm kind of, I'm looking at one, one of my views is a parking lot and one of my views is 
our yard and 195 in front of the office. But there's a tree there. It's nice. There's some grass and a, and a, and a you know, a old New England um, fence. So vitamin D is boosted by natural light. Um, and vitamin D prevents bone loss. It's good for your immune system. It helps with, uh, helps to reduce your risk of heart disease, weight gain, and a lot of cancers. Um, and you can get vitamin D from being next to a sunny window as well as being outside. So increasing your natural light wherever you are is very important. So that when we sit in the living room and get the natural light from there, mm. from the South, that's very good for us. You get vitamin D that way. Um, so... Autumn is really great, and there's crunchy leaves and all things pumpkin spice. Um, so getting uh, natural light during the autumn is a great thing that you can do. But then, um, unfortunately, for about 6% of the population, fall, fall will kick off seasonal affective disorder, unfortunately. Um, the more you get outside, the less likely you are to fall into that. And I find that I want to be outside in the fall. I don't want to be outside as much this time of year because it's cold. Um, and, uh, natural light will improve your sleep. This is another thing that will improve your sleep. Um, that when the more natural light exposure office was a study for office workers. So if they had access to a window, they slept better. Um, and natural light reduces the health risks of fluorescent lights. When you spend time in natural light, you will be less likely to spend time in front of fluorescent bulbs. And now uh, compact fluorescent bulbs are recognized as safe. Um, there are some people who, when they're exposed to fluorescent light, it actually makes them more stressed out. It, has, it gives them an elevated stress response. Uh, and so uh, complex fluorescent lights can increase your risk of migraine and eye strain. Because fluorescent. I think part of the deal with fluorescent lights is fluorescent lights oscillate. There's an oscillating feature to fluorescent lights, and any kind of light that oscillates is going to um, uh, affect your eyes. And when you have, when your eyes have to work very hard to focus on something, that's why doing a lot of screens and being under a lot of artificial light can enhance migraines and seizures and stuff. Because um, when your eyes are working that hard to resolve the image that's in front of them, um, that can lead to more chances of, of migraines and, and tremors and seizures and things. Um, and the other thing is that compact fluorescent lights can, uh, can release mercury. So, um, keep them away from kids. So you can get more natural light by putting mirrors on the wall and mirror. And if you mirror, um, sunlight from a window, it'll put more light into your room get rid of drapes. We don't have drapes in, uh, we have south facing yeah. windows in no our living room and we don't have any covers on them at all. So during the day, it lets a lot of light in. Um, and it's, and we, it faces the yard. So, um, if I have to run into the, uh, into the area, you know, not dressed, nobody right. sees. <laughs> and the other thing that it does is it actually warms the main room of the house up by anywhere from five to seven degrees yeah during the day right as the sun is beaming in right now right so even so in the cold time the of furnace, year the our heating system doesn't kick in while there's that intense sunlight coming in so we save it money on heat. Yeah. we totally save money and it's a passive solar thing yeah. yeah um and then 
Uh, reflective colors aren't just for road cyclers, cyclists. Um, you can put your wall colors, you know how you, you criticized Nancy for putting those bright colors in her house, but that's going to make her cheerier. Uh, white is the most reflective color, um, but if you but you want to use colors in your house that are going to reflect light. So if you paint your walls brown, maybe you don't want to do that. But think about if you don't want the, the sanitation of pure white, you can do eggshell. You can do our our walls are uh, have a very faint tinge of pink in them. And so I think that's the best thing to do. You don't want, white is, is just too much that it's too, it's associated with this very sanitized view. But if it has a hint of something else in it, a, a very slight hint of green, a very slight hint of blue, uh, a, high, a slight hint of warm colors is probably better. A very slight hint of yellow or, or tan or pink is, is going to make you feel cheery. And and also the floor, and I keep we keep talking about how we really need to um, to change the the flooring in our bedroom because it's a dark green and it's mm. just too dark, and, and the room would be brighter if that if that carpet was was different. So um, the other thing to do is um, if you are uh, sometimes you can't add. Uh, natural light to your environment because um because you're in a rental where you can't do it or the room that you work in just doesn't have windows um so to get more natural light you want to make sure you get outside um get you know take just take even such a quick rock remember i said five or ten minutes is all you need supplement your vitamin d take it as a supplement and get your doctor to check your levels to make sure they're right for you and try a light therapy ramp limp so get a, a lamp that has full spectrum light in it and, and turn that on in your office or wherever you're spending time where there isn't enough light. If you spend time in front of your full spectrum light, it can, it has been studied to help your mood. Um, and so if, if you're in a space where there isn't enough natural light, uh, make sure that you're, um, that you're, you're your own advocate and that you stand up for having more natural light in your area. So, so there's a uh, there's a Stanford University neuroscientist by the name of Andrew Huberman. Yes. And um, he says one of the best things we can do for our mental health is go outside and catch a few rays when we first wake up in the morning. Yeah. And um, I bumped into someone at the community center who was standing outside on a very cold morning. And he was just standing there against the brick wall and getting all the sun in his face. And I said... Feels good, doesn't it? He goes, well, actually, and he's been following this guy. Yeah. Ten minutes a day in real sunlight, not yeah. lights, not, you know, made made up fake lights or whatever, blue lights, red lights, green lights, whatever, yeah. um, is just this great therapy. And he said it completely changes the way he approaches his day by doing this. That's nice. So yeah. if you get a sunny morning and you got ten minutes, put your face out yeah. in it. Yeah. Just yeah. put your face out in it. That's, That's all. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's a good thing to do. And he's got all, all right. sorts of information, TED Talks and different things that he does. And then I have why darkness is good for you. And there's reasons to appreciate the darkness. So I'll, I'll run through this quickly. Darkness is vital to humans. You need, um, you need darkness. Most animals are more sensitive than humans and can even sense light that is indistinguishable to the human eye. 
We can protect ourselves from light that we perceive to be harmful, like darkening our bedrooms, and other animals can't do that. Uh, bats and the majority of insects are, are active at dawn and dusk. They're crepuscular, and even a small amount of light can prevent them from behaving normally. Um, and an amphibian may only move about during a certain moment of twilight. If you have an adequate darkness, you will sleep better. So if you are in a dark environment, um, you'll get your six to nine hours of sleep at night and you will produce adequate melatonin. Remember, you, you don't take melatonin unless it's adequate for you. You'll make more melatonin if you have adequate darkness. All right, I think that we're going to review this next week after the solstice, after the holidays, and so I can wish you all a very happy holiday. And we'll talk about why darkness is good for you and a couple more factors of darkness. And um, so we're going to, so I'm going to wrap up now. Um, so we talked about some great ways to get extra light and health benefits and some more health benefits and just all about Hanukkah because it's Hanukkah week. It's very exciting. So I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Happy Hanukkah, happy solstice, happy Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, and happy new year to all. Uh, you've been listening to Radio Naturopath, a talk show about health and natural medicine. I am Fran Storch, ND, naturopathic physician with my co-host, Ron Manizza. You can email me with questions and comments at radionaturopath at gmail.com. If you'd like to listen to the show at another time, you can check out our podcast at whus.org, iTunes, and Spotify. You can also leave questions or comments at my Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram at Fran Storch, ND. The views expressed on this program do not reflect the views of the staff management or licensee of this station. The information presented on the show should not be construed as medical advice or direction. If you're having a medical condition, please consult with your physician. Thank you for listening to Radio Naturopath, your show where you can learn about the best of science and nature. We'll be back with more Radio Naturopath next week at 91.7 FM, WHUS stores and whus.org.